Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's not too long for some of you as we just left AYS. And now we are here on the Rafino and Joe show. Joe was just there with us. And then sure. we were seen this show. So if you're... If you were there, you know what we're discussing here tonight. If you were not, then we will tell you what we're discussing. Joe, I think somebody's got to say, I think somebody's got to have the cojones to let the people know that Billy Napier has an issue. Now, before the assistant coaches left, before they had to get a, go get a new D.C., I mentioned on this show that, that Billy Napier was in trouble. I will tell you why I knew that this was coming inside the show here tonight lots of chatter around the southeast a lot of jort wearing florida people were not happy with me nevertheless billy napier's got an interesting situations on his hand joe yes he does and you know what the thing is very disturbing and look i'm calling it right now i'm going to cut some clips from the show we're going to post them out there to the ether it's low-hanging fruit to talk about florida fans blake you want to know why they are so defensive they are so unbelievably defensive god forbid we talk negative of your your uh your your holy program the florida gators if we speak anything negative oh things aren't in a good situation with jane rashad if we say something negative about that we are in the wrong no we're going in on them they deserve the, critici- the, the the criticizing they're going to get on this show. And frankly, they are in a bad spot. And we're going to get some backlash for it, but screw I it. I think that you. it sounds like that you have some bitterness in your heart towards the Florida Gators. Oh, dude, I do. The way that they acted about the Jaden Rashada stuff, man, I am not on a, uh, I do not like Florida fans. Almost as bad as the Georgia fans, man. I, I piss everybody off, and they piss me off. We're not. We're not on good terms. What happened? Well, we so we posted um, we did an episode on the first team, which airs on Stadium, which is a recruiting show. It kind of mixes between college football and recruiting, but mostly recruiting. And we covered that. And my quote, and we had a couple quotes on on the the Rashada situation, saying that this is a lack of institutional control. I'm worried if I'm Billy Napier, and I, I wouldn't take anything seriously. That he has to say if I'm a recruit, if if I'm getting stiffed for money, even if it's not his his doing, and it's and it's the the boosters doing. But I had all these fans coming in saying that like you're making this up, you guys are clowns, you know, you get the usual bit of like like you've never played it down a football in your life. But every, oh, they were yeah, denying, yeah, yeah, they were denying that this was happening. That was the disturbing part to me. That was the really strange part that there was a denial that Jane Rashada was going to get out of his national letter of intent. They said, you don't know what you're talking about. And lo and behold, he's going to Arizona state, which we're going to talk about later today, but it's just right. Weird mental gymnastics that these, these Gator fans do. You know, what's funny is this is how Florida works as a college football spectrum clip this because it's true. Miami, Florida and Florida state all hate one another. All of them hate one another. And they're constantly talking about each other back and forth. You know, like I remember uh, two media members inside of Twitter spaces that I hosted 
had nothing to do with Florida, Miami, or Florida State, and they're going at it, right? Like calling each other's, like saying one dude said, your mama's got like toe jam and she's got like her booty holes crusty. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They hate each other. Jane Rashada got in the mix or was in the mix of a bitter rivalry between Florida and Miami, and nobody could tell me anything different. These old, rich, white-haired dudes wanted to flex their muscles, and when push came to shove, they didn't want to pay. That's what, that is exactly what happened, and yeah. it, no one can convince me otherwise that it's not what happened, Joe. But the funniest part about it, and like maybe it's the regionality of it, because there's a lot of conspiracy theorists over in Florida. It's just the way it's different to like get mad at somebody for their take. Like the Georgia thing I understood. And I, I, I talked about this. Like, I get why you guys are mad. It's because I'm speaking negatively on a guy that you guys love. Like if somebody crapped on Brady Quinn, I'd, I'd get upset. I'd get mad. Oh, at Brady you. Quinn, like you're Joe Burrow. Yeah, kind of dude. I was so upset when he didn't oh, pan God, out in the Brady NFL. I was so wait, did you say Brady Quinn sucks? Yay, suck. I may or may not have been trying to get him on the show. So the- <laughs> no, no, no. Not as a human. Uh, just as a quarterback. Well, let me back up. Okay, well, look, look. He doesn't suck if he comes on the show. But kind of, kind of. Well, okay. let me tell you why. Because, and it's so funny you say that, because as a guy that grew up watching LSU, remember the bowl game that they went up against one another and Brady Quinn talking about, like, he didn't even know where Baton Rouge was, and is that even a real town? And oh like, God, I remember that bowl game. That was that was one of my first early football memories, and that was painful. That was really, <laughs> really painful. But my point was, is though, uh, it's one thing to get upset. Two thousand seven, January two thousand seven, Sugar, Sugar bowl. bowl. Brady Quinn would go a whopping fifteen of thirty five for one hundred and forty eight yards. That was two the start of the end. Two interceptions. Jamarcus Russell. Would go 21. The number one overall pick, Jamarcus Russell, would go 21 of 34 for 332 yards. By the way, I got an interesting story about that. Remind me out of the break. Okay. To tell you about the Jamarcus Russell story and him telling reporters he was coming back to LSU and he had no idea that he was about to be the number one overall draft pick. Oh, I, I would totally believe that. Hey, hey no. This was before Facebook, MySpace, Twitter. He had no idea. It took Todd McShay of all, I'll just say it really quickly. Yeah. Todd McShay and goes up to Jamarcus Russell at the end of the at the end of the Sugar Bowl, okay? And asks him. He's like, "So Jamarcus, what is it like what does it feel like to know that you finished your college career out on a good note, knowing that you're more than likely going to be the number one overall pick?" And Jamarcus, as long as I live, I'll never forget this. Big, tall, burly dude, had a cannon of arm. Jamarcus goes, do what now? <laughs> and, wait, you, you're the dude that's on ESPN for the drafting, right? And Todd's like, yeah, you're probably going to know him one overall. And so he kind of like starts looking around and he's like, shit. <laughs> and he was gone. So I account. Mm. Uh, Ty McShay being the fault of why LSU didn't go undefeated in the 2007 season when they won the national championship, the only two lost national champion of all time. If that if that team would have had Jamarcus Russell, nevertheless. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and if he went back to a part of me wonders if if he's somebody who maybe could have had his head on straight a little bit more. But 
he's he's a weird here's a weird circumstance but I mean let's be honest so he was drafted as high as he was because of uh Al, Al Davis and just the just saw a big strong guy and was like man I need him but didn't really do a whole lot of evaluating there yeah and really interesting in that game Jacob Hester had a catch for for 12 yards early do said Dwayne Bow. A lot of big names. You know who the leading receiver for probably my favorite Notre Dame player of all time. Do you know who the leading receiver for Notre Dame was in that game? It wasn't Golden Tate, was it? Jeff Samarja. Stop. Was it really? Oh, my yeah. God. I missed it. Jeff Samarja. You know, so what's interesting, you know what, Joe? We probably need to do a show about this. The head baseball coach at Notre Dame at that time who coached Jeff Samarja. Yeah. Believe it or not, Paul Maneri, who would wind up going to LSU the next season. How is he still there? No, he retired a couple of seasons ago, won a national title at LSU, couldn't do it at Notre Dame. Does this sound a little bit familiar? It sounds. <laughs> Does it sound a little bit familiar? Is this the precursor to Brian Kelly is what you're trying to tell me? Is I don't it, know. It, <laughs> but, I mean, we've had we've had two coaches leave Notre Dame to come to LSU to win that. He's all I'm saying. Every but, show. But Jeff, not to go down that rabbit hole, Jeff Samarja was probably one of my favorite college athletes of all time. If you can get Jeff Samarja on the show, I might kiss you. Pause. You know what? I, I have been starting to do some reach outs for guests. I think that I would also – him and Brady Quinn, either one of those guys, I both I think of them I, at the same time. I, I would be speechless if, to, like, I don't think I'd be able to get a question out if we had either of those guys or both of them on. Brady Quinn's really good at his job, though. Right now, oh, great host. He, he's a fan. He's the way that he breaks down film is insane. Yeah, it's insane. All right, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about some Florida, as they've had three coaches leave. They add Austin Armstrong. No, I know Austin, have known Austin for a little while. I like that hire a lot. When you um, say you know him, do you know him personally? Yes. Mm -hmm. What's the connection? It's just like football, foot, football, Southeast. I, I met him one time at a coach's convention. He was the youngest guy in the building. Oh, I bet. Sat, he, he will never remember me. We sat next to each other, believe it or not. And uh, really smart dude, really smart dude, was actually like the, the golden smart child that was everybody was talking about. Another coach at that coaching clinic, I talked about this on the last episode, Nick Saban led it. Oh. And uh, he answered every one of Nick Saban's questions. You know who was on that staff, by the way, uh, with Nick, Nick Saban? Nick Saban? Billy Napier. So oh. coaching coaching is always uh, something that, you know, it's always just a, a brotherhood. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about the dysfunction at Florida, and then we'll get to Kenny Dillingham in Arizona State. But before we do that, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Joe, I'm still trying to give away $200. I don't get it. Like, I, I'm trying to get We're, we're, we're making money. progress. We're, we're making, making progress. progress. We're making progress. I don't know how many subscribers we have right now, I can tell you. Uh, 375, so getting, we're getting up there. Yeah, we're, 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 there. We're, we're chipping away. We're chipping away. We're getting close. Okay. So go subscribe to Rafino and Joe Show and AYS Sports on YouTube. We greatly appreciate you doing that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, do us a favor. Rate the show right now. Stop what you're doing. Rate the show. We appreciate you doing that. Let's do this, though. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.ag. Joe, we're back in 50 seconds. We need to tee off on the jort-wearing Florida Gators. Let's do it. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. 
Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Such a good soundbite. Uh, shout out to our guys, speaking of Texas, shout out to our guys over at the charity stripe. They had on Ricky Williams, it looks like today. Yeah, yeah, uh, they did. So they didn't talk cool. a lot of football, a lot of astrology. He's an astrologer. Did you know that? He's no, an astrologer. He's no, he's not. Not an astronomer, an astrologer. What's the difference? Astronomer is an actual scientist who studies the study space an astrologer is a goofball who looks up at the stars and you know talks about uh zodiac signs yeah i think he's got ct <laughs> smokes a lot of weed i think that's what the the main thing hey, nothing wrong with that nothing Not wrong with that yeah. i've known people who smoke weed that helps them with a lot of things okay yeah. it helps them with jail time <laughs> and a lot of things all right joe let, let's do this so in case you missed it Florida's going through a really interesting situation. So speaking on the Florida Gators, Billy Napier came out strong last year. A lot of people were kind of, you know, on Billy Napier, this kind of more of a goofy guy from the, from the Southeast. You know, he does, he's got a buzz cut. He doesn't go to a barber, doesn't have a good looking haircut. Then he goes out there. He beats the Pac-12 champion, Utah Utes, Anthony Richardson, Per guys like you think is going to be the number one overall pick or close to it, which Correct. by the way, my God, I'm going to talk about that here tonight, but there's a little bit of dysfunction. And Joe, I will tell you as someone who is a college football enthusiast, nine times out of 10, when you have situations going like this, it doesn't end up well. Wide receiver coach today, today, Wide receiver coach Kerry Colbert left and is going with Sean Payton to be the next wide receiver coach there. Patrick Tony, the co-DC, is now the play caller with the Arizona Cardinals. And Will Piegler, the tight end coach, is also going with the Arizona Cardinals. But I do think Billy does make a really interesting hire here. He goes out and gets uh, Austin Armstrong, a really good, young, bright mind. Who, got, who was at the University of Alabama to have a Subway sandwich and a Brandon Miller incident, and then he's now is on his way to Gainesville. I Just breaking that all down, I turn it over to you, my co-host. What do you think of what's going on here in Florida? For some reason, we're in this spot where I think a lot of people are saying, oh, it's overblown to react to this stuff. Look, to lose this many coaches and to lose this many guys – all it took was one guy to, to leave and to get a great offer, to go to the NFL. It then opened the door for two more guys to leave and go to the NFL. And I know that the right. timeline for the NFL hiring is different than it is for college football. But who the heck are you going to go hire right now? The, the, the window is they're behind. 
Now, they might have gotten lucky with a young, bright mind. I don't know if, if he can step up to the plate and take over an SEC defense as a 29-year-old. This is a young, young guy. Like, I, I, I don't know if he really has it in him to, to lead this. He led Southern Miss to a fantastic season when he was leading as their defensive coordinator, right. where they finished 45th in scoring. They finished third in tackles for loss, fifth in sacks, and seventh in interceptions when he was the defensive coordinator. He was good enough to get hired as an inside linebackers coach by Nick Saban. But it feels rushed to me where Billy Napier probably should have gone out and hired a more recognizable, established defensive coordinator, kind of like the Andy Ludwig situation with Notre Dame. Like a Jim Leonard. Like a Jim Leonard, who's still unhired right now. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's going with a younger guy. I think it's concerning. I need to acknowledge and we need to acknowledge on this show that it's concerning that you're losing three guys. You're replacing your defensive coordinator who's been in your back pocket for the longest time and you're replacing him with a very young coordinator when there's other better options potentially on the table. Something's not adding up. And as much as we want to sit here and say, oh, you're overanalyzing it, the context clues are theirs. Just because you don't want to read the context clues does not mean that something's not happening. So I 1,000% I uh, agree with you, okay? And, and look, what's even more interesting is he's got guys like Sean Spencer, who's the co-defensive coordinator. He's the defensive line coach. And then you had Corey Raymond, who's the assistant head coach, who, you know, was at LSU and was responsible. A lot of people made him responsible for DBU, even though he – wasn't the reason for what LSU claimed as DBU. Why not go and high and promote one of those guys? Why not make Sean Spencer the outright DC? Why not make Corey Raymond the outright DC? I will say this. A lot of things can be true at once. The simple fact that they hired Austin Armstrong so quickly leads me to believe that they knew that some of these coaches were ultimately leaving, like Patrick, Tony. Like, I think that they somewhat knew, right? Because normally, normally, when you make hires that quickly, so as an example, like you look at Georgia and Todd Munkin goes to the Ravens. Within 45 minutes, Joe, they make a hire. I think that Billy somewhat had an idea and he got had a little bit of a heads up that some of these guys were leaving. Maybe not all. I agree with you, though that it's so far in their process, it's also far in the process for Alabama. You always have a trickle effect when stuff like this, yep. like this happens. But it does speak a little to the dysfunction, I think, that's going on around Florida. Look, Billy Napier is coming off, and, and not really his fault, this Jane Rashada thing, okay? They didn't have a really good season on the field. Joe, they got beat by Vanderbilt, okay? Like, they had some really really bad games and and look I am not trying to trash on Florida I think that if the right person went there aka in like an Urban Meyer Florida could be a really really good program because we've seen them do it so many times in the past yeah my problem here is that like I I see guys in the media there like trying to justify why college coaches are leaving the the college football to go to the NFL? Yes, some are doing that, but it's not like it's an alarming rate. I think it's speaking more to Billy Napier. Like their justification is, oh well, nope. You know, with NIL and recruiting, some coaches just don't want to do it. 
I don't believe that. I think what's going on here is Billy Napier is a very one-minded track guy, my way or the highway, and mm. I think it's going to backfire on him here. They weren't good offensively, really. They had some decent moments. They had some decent times. They weren't good defensively. Defense has been their problem for a long time. And Austin Armstrong has a really tough job on his hands to try to retool. Joe, they had, I think, 20 kids hit the portal or something close to that. That is insane and shows maybe a little bit of the dysfunction. But here's my thing. Coaches are one thing. Players going in the portal are, are another. I don't believe that this guy is going to be the number one overall pick, nor do I think that he deserves to be a first-round pick. But if everybody is right, and Anthony Richardson is that good, and I am wrong, then you just went 6-6 six and six with a top-10 pick? That is alarming. So if, if everybody's trying to convince me that this guy had a top-tier talent, well, Blake, he needs to be more developed. You mean to tell me in a year you couldn't develop a number one overall pick? Like that's what you're trying to convince me of? We've seen players, we've seen quarterbacks transcend within a year if you're that good of an offensive mind and offensive coach. Burrow comes to mind. Trevor Lawrence, to some extent, in college comes to mind. I know he was already good, but you look at what he did and how he progressed. Justin Fields going from Georgia to Ohio State. You mean to tell me that guys can't get better? So if you are the number one over, or you had the number one overall pick and you went six and six, are you going to go three and eight this year when you don't have that transcendent of a quarterback? Right now, look who's their guy replacing him. It's freaking Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz stinks. Graham Mertz is not a good quarterback. That is the replacement that you're turning to. But that's where I lean, in all honesty. I think Anthony Richardson is... Uh, a sensational talent and I would argue I felt like we got better glimpses the year prior I think that we got better a better feel for what Anthony Richardson could be and then there was no improvement there was no step forward every all the hype that came when Richardson started to take more and more snaps and beat out Emory Jones towards the end of that season we didn't get any improvement this year and I blame a lot of that on Billy Napier I blame a lot of that on the offensive uh, coaching staff at Florida, if you couldn't turn this guy into a guy who was good enough to be the first overall pick, then that is entirely on you. His development was stunted. It was absolutely stunted. And for them to not win more than six games and for them to lose to Vanderbilt is embarrassing. It's completely embarrassing. Anyone with an eye for football can see that Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, has all the talent in the world. Has he achieved or actualized any of that talent? Not yet. But he has a lot of work to do. But for them to not properly utilize that is very troubling. And I agree with that point. There's no way things are going to get better with Graham Mertz stepping in. Heck, they couldn't entice some of these uh, other transfer portal quarterbacks to come play. The, all you kept hearing is that Florida was on the in the market for one after Richardson left. They were trying to go after Austin Reed, the, the Western Kentucky guy. Right. They were trying to go after... All of these other options. There were some good options. From, um, to, uh, who was the kid from um, Coastal Carolina? Uh, uh, Grayson McCall. Right. They were going after McCall. And they, but, and they said, well, that's an academics issue. It did kind of look like an academics issue. But in, in reference to, like, none of his hours were transferred because they're kind of like, what, whatever. But yeah, they uh, Coastal Carolina has probably got a lot of coloring book classes for being, <laughs> for being real. Uh, is that a South joke? 
No, it's a Coastal Carolina joke. <laughs> they probably do. What am I? Yeah. Wh- who am I trying to fool here? Because Florida's a good school, though. Like Florida's actually a re- really good school. It's one of the best academic schools in the SEC. They did a ranking of it I, I, recently. I remember seeing it. It LSU and everybody else would be too if they if they made up classes them damn selves too. <laughs> so listen, yes. I, I, I I'm with you, but like so let me give it. Let me let me say this about Anthony Richardson and this Billy Napier thing. I was really high on Anthony Richardson. I told you during the season, I put a $10 bet for him to win the Heisman. I do see the potential. Let me stop joking. Like, I do see a lot of potential. But, but, Billy Napier runs a specific type of offense, and it's my way or the highway. The way that he runs his team offensively, is a lot of the same way that he runs his team as a whole. And the great coaches will tell you, the great offensive coordinators, I remember Bill Belichick talking about this. when. um, Remember when him and Saban did that sit-down, and he goes, when I was in Cleveland, I tried to coach the entire team like it was a defense. I tried to coach quarterbacks like I was coaching Lawrence Taylor, and you can't do that. It's a lot of the same way with Billy. It's an alarming thing that they got so many coaches and players leaving. I know Florida fans are going to get mad. They're going to yell. They're going to say that we're wrong. But, Joe, at some point, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say the writing's on the wall. They lost to Vandy last year, buddy. And what's so wild about all of this is that they had a lot of talent. And they had, it kind of just feels like they squandered it. You know what's yes. even more interesting? is their justification for firing Dan Mullen was that Dan had lost the program and lost the team, and the biggest thing was that he couldn't recruit. What's Billy doing? Not recruit. He can't even recruit his own roster to stay. He can't even recruit them to stay in in, uh, in Gainesville. It's so much worse than things were under Dan Mullen. It's the lack of no, they got to an SEC tie. I mean, they got to an SEC title game. Remember that? Remember the COVID year when Florida and Alabama were going back and forth. Brother Kyle Trask looked like a. I mean, he was a Heisman contender for crying out. Kyle loud. Trask stinks. I'm sorry, Kyle Trask was not that good for him to have played as well as he did. He has so many physical limitations. That was the bane of my existence uh, covering the NFL draft when he was coming out, but. That's to the point is that why there wasn't a longer leash for Dan Mullen, but we're making excuses for Billy Napier when he inherited the roster that Dan Mullen built and he didn't, he's, you said he squandered it. There's one point though, that you made that I kind of just want to like quickly circle back on though. We, we look at coordinators leaving and I think a lot of times you can say like, Oh, that's a good thing that your coordinators are being recruited to go to the NFL. That means you've got good coordinators. I look at, Great example. A lot of good programs in general keep their coordinators around for long periods of time before they make that leap. I think the best example, look at Clemson. Brent Venables and and Tony Elliott were there for a while, especially Brent Venables. You think he wasn't getting phone calls to go to the NFL or, 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 or jump to other programs? He chose to stay. He chose to stay because he wanted to be a part of that culture and that winning culture. If you've got a good situation where people want to be a part of what's going on, they're going to stick around. They're going to wait for that right opportunity. Instead, we've got guys jumping ship after the first season, guys on the roster, guys in the coaching staff. It's too much instability. I agree with you. It, it, look, 
we've just seen this, Joe, so much, right? Like, we've seen, like, what's the difference? You know, like, what's the difference, I guess, is what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is, like, what makes Billy Napier different from all the other coaches that we've seen in college football with this type of dysfunction? Like, it, it, what is, is there anything special with him that says, well, Billy Napier can work out of it now? I will I will play a little bit of devil's advocate, okay? Sometimes you do have to burn the barn to rebuild it your way. But it just doesn't feel that you're setting the barn on fire to rebuild a bigger and better barn for your farm, using the pun that we're using the analogy that I'm using. It just doesn't feel like Billy Napier is doing that. He's not doing it like Saban did. He's not doing it like other co- – like like – what Dabo did or what Kirby did. He's not doing it that way. At least it doesn't feel that way. And Mm. look, he's had a lot of dysfunction that's not on him. I will give him that. I don't think Jaden Rashad and the NIL thing is his fault ultimately because you have big money boosters that quite honestly, Joe, he can't check from saying, look, I'm going to pay Jaden Rashad a $13 million if that's ultimately what they were going to pay him. He can't really check a big name booster because – Look, if you're going to stroke the check for $13 million for a recruit, how much is he giving that that team ultimately throughout the year? See, part of my my issue with – and I understand where we're coming from, and I understand not wanting to put blame on Billy Napier for that because he's not the one promising the money. It's the boosters. It's the collective or what, you know whatever fake name we're using to to, to, to label this. But at the same time, you do have to have some control of the situation because it's it's negatively reflecting on you and your program. Like you need to be able to step in and say, like, if you're offering this kid thirteen million dollars, are you good for it? Are you going to pay the kid? There needs to be a there needs to be some type of control and accountability on both ends for well, the player well, and for the NIL, and it needs somebody on the staff to do it. But if you're going to give him that though, like the Del Rio thing is not his fault. Do you remember the? The the Del Rio, the kid with the, the child. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like yes. that, like that's a bad look for the, the, the team, and it's a bad look for Napier. That's but not his fault. But that that like, but see, that's a part of the dysfunction that everybody throws into it. And that like I, I don't blame him there. I just think that Billy, like, look, a lot of people call him Sun Belt Billy. And for him to get out of that stigma, he's got to win eight or nine games. And, Joe, I don't see it. There's nothing that Florida has returning or bringing in that sits here and lets me say, like, hey, bro, they they could be a nine-win team. Mm-hmm. They got they legitimately, for me, have to beat Vanderbilt first. As crazy as that sounds. Oh God, you you're screwed if that's if that's what well, we're resorting are, to. Well, first off, first off. First off, Clark Lee's doing some interesting things at Vanderbilt. You got to yeah. give him that. Yeah, I like Clark but Lee. you lost. And, Joe, not only did they lose, Vanderbilt beat them down. Yeah, but that's my point is that that's a sign of dysfunction. If we're sitting here talking about Vanderbilt, man, watch out for Vanderbilt. That's what we get. You know, that's what you're worrying about. That's supposed to be a, a notch in the belt for, for, like, an easy win on the season, not a challenge. Tell me I'm wrong, though. No, you're absolutely right. That's what I'm saying, though, is that you're right. And then it's an example of dysfunction that that's legitimately what they should be worrying about. They can't look past Vanderbilt. They couldn't beat them last year. Look, I I think if they returned Anthony Richardson, 
this discussion would be different, but they didn't. And I, I can't pinpoint. Hell, like, he didn't want to be here no more. No. And, and when we look at good competitive teams in the SEC, we can pinpoint and be like, wow, they've got this guy or these couple of guys that are, are going to be big production. Like, good example, Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, man, I look at those two guys and I'm thinking, rough end of the year, they didn't finish with a great record and they could have been yeah, better. But like, dude, those dudes, man, if they're healthy and they're on the field, man, like, oh, that offense can be really, really good even after losing their offensive coordinator. But I don't have that for Florida. Like, who am I pointing to that that I think could be an up-and-comer or, or is, is improving? Well, and, and you bring that up interesting. Interestingly, and a point where we got to get to, I think Austin Armstrong, though, to Billy Napier's credit, mm-hmm. but that's a that's a really good freaking hire. The kid, the and let okay. me tell you why. Okay, where is Florida ultimately? Look, they had a thirty-seven told offense in the country. They they weren't horrific offensively. Okay, and I get that Anthony Richardson's leaving. Defensively, their dysfunction is utterworldly. Why not hire a kid that can come in and relate with the same kind of kid, like the same kids? Like Austin Armstrong walks in right now and literally relates with every kid that's on that roster. Like Austin Armstrong probably wants to go home and play Call of Duty just as much as those kids do. You get what I'm saying? Like, I think it's a good. I like that for a position coach, though. I like that for my linebackers coach. Well, I I will tell you, there are always, and I don't disagree. Like that part, I don't disagree. But I think because of all the dysfunction and that he probably will be more of a. So Austin Armstrong, as we know it, will be the signal caller. Like he will call the defense, but he's not going to be the outright DC from what I understand. They're still going to have this co-DC type of title, which I think around older coaches. No, look, I have poo-pooed on Corey Raymond a lot. I've poo-pooed on some of their defensive coaching staff. I think that it's warranted from my point of view. But at the end of the day, he is surrounded by very veteran defensive coaches, which I do think when you have a brilliant mind that can be helped and molded and matured, by guys that have been around the SEC, it does help them. I think it's a solid hire, though, man. Saban does not hire an inside linebackers coach and tell Kevin Steele, you're going to coach what I tell you to coach from a position group standpoint if he does not think Austin Armstrong is not a dude. I think that this kid sounds like he's a very – I can't call him a kid. He's five years older than me. This guy is a very bright, young individual in the game and could be a hidden gem. However, it does feel a little bit rushed. And here the here the my, my two issues with, with that. It it seems like we're hiring him and giving him this job two years before he might be ready, and this might impact his his career. That's a separate issue. But it feels a little soon to be hiring a guy this young who hasn't done it at other spots. At least with Tommy Rees, who's I think the, the you know the flip side of this, who's who's older than than Austin Armstrong was the quarterback's coach, was a GA, worked his way up, and then became the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame and then was hired by Alabama. He worked at a big program. Uh, Same thing for Kenny Dillingham, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, was an OC at Memphis, then Auburn, then Florida State, then Oregon before he got a head coaching job. That's another example of a young, bright mind. But I don't have that track record with Armstrong. 
He's coming from Southern Miss. And this feels like this feels like a hire that Billy Napier would have made if he was at Louisiana. This feels like a hire that if he was still at, at, at Louisiana, that it we would be like, wow, watch out for this guy. Watch out what he can do. But this is Florida, man. He we we talked about the issues of Tommy Reese getting getting out schemed by all the bright defensive minds. I'm flipping that here. I, I know that he might be a, a promising young mind in the game, but Dude, he's going up against some guys who have been around the block for a very long time that are going to possibly run laps around him. Can I tell you something without you being offended? Go for it. I think that's the best take you've ever had. I didn't think I, I didn't you say think, that. Uh, you say that every show. I feel like, and it still offends me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care. It really? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, uh, no, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I didn't think about it like that when you said this is kind of like a hire that he would make at UL. You know, that's that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. Can you elaborate more? Like, what when you saw that, is that the first thought that you had? In a way. I mean, you you mentioned earlier that he's he's Sunbelt Billy. You know, he's, he's, he's Sunbelt Billy. Sun Billy. Pew, pew, clip it. Pew, pew, clip it. <laughs> Sunbelt Billy. He's a great coach for the Sun Belt, and he hasn't proven himself. And hiring a guy away from a like Southern Miss is Southern Miss. It's it's an okay program. Uh, actually, it's a pretty crappy uh, Sun Belt program for what it is. Football it's, program, they're not that good. Baseball, they're elite. Yeah, but for football, they've haven't done anything. They produced Brett Favre, and we know Brett Favre is Brett. Favre. Suing Pat McAfee. Suing Pat McAfee, but and Ray uh, Lewis or no Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. No, Shannon Sharp was Savannah State. No, he's suing Brett Favre suing him too. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Yeah. To your point. To yeah. your point. Uh, Frank Gore's son is currently on the Southern Miss roster, but like was so, I thought any in the draft. He might be. He's not a big prospect if he is. Somebody better take him. First <laughs> off, side note, he had like sixty carries for like nine hundred yards in a game. I mean. It was something crazy like that. He was the only he was the only player that they had. But literally the only player. My point with Armstrong though is that you're almost it feels like something at Louisiana where it's a better program in the conference and you're pulling him away to come take a next step before he takes that further step to get to a power five program. Instead, it just feels like he's doing it way too early. Like this could be a great hire. It could be, but it just doesn't feel like a, a one that makes sense at Florida. It just seems too soon for a young, bright mind. He should be taking a stop somewhere else before he gets a job like this. So listen, I look at this schedule, Joe. Okay. Uh-huh. Utah, I think that they're gonna ultimately I think they're gonna lose that game. Okay, they gotta go to Salt Lake. I just don't see him going. Now I will tell you this now. Okay, as God is my witness, if the Florida Gators go into Utah and beat them again and Utah wins the Pac-12 again, buddy, me and you are going to have a serious conversation and we might ban Pac-12 talk from this show. Oh, (laughs) stop. Come on, we can't do that. Think about that, though, for a minute. We are absolutely poo-pooing on Florida right now. We are. If they go, and I'm think about this for just a minute, and I'm being serious. If they go to Salt Lake and beat Utah, the Pac-12 has a problem. Like I'm going to say something that's going to piss you off. They're not going to, and Florida I, didn't. I agree but, with you. I agree. They're not Florida, going to. 
Florida didn't beat Utah. Anthony Richardson beat Utah. We need to admit that here on this no, show. No, that's not true. Come Anthony on. Rich- Hold on. Anthony Richardson turned the ball over late in that game. Cam Rising was lit- going down the field and first and gold threw a pick. That was a defensive yeah. uh, defensive win. Don't a bad decision on his – it was a bad throw on his part. It was a bad decision on his part. Well, Anthony Richardson didn't throw the ball well. Everybody was amazed because he had the he long He ran run. the ball really well, though. He made a lot of big plays that Ooh. kept him in that game. Ooh. That was what, that was Everybody immediately when we – in the, in the NFL, Joe. We were both in awe of Anthony Richardson okay, after that game. Let's be, let's be real. Yeah, I, I don't go back to the episode that I um, – <laughs> Exactly. Did that. I, something interesting, though, when you talk about age, I think we got to be careful, though. Let me just say this before we kind of start transitioning a little bit. We got to be careful when we talk about age, and here's why. Pete Golding was 28, or, or no, or no, excuse me, 32, 33 when he took over as a DC in Alabama. And I get that it's Saban's defense. Joe, he had never had a defense worse than 15th. We've seen defensive coordinators in this game. You know who else? It was really, 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 really young. Kirby Smart. We've seen these big-time defensive guys come in, get that Alabama feel. I know that he's going to Florida. Saban, the truth is, Saban, when it comes to hiring defensive coaches, buddy, I'm just going to let you know, he doesn't miss. Name one. Because you can go Pruitt. You can go Kirby. Look, you can hate on Pruitt all you want. Kevin, look, Kevin Steele – for what it's worth, it's still the, the he might be the worst defensive coordinator he's had at Alabama. And quite honestly, if that's the worst, sign me up, right? So I, I just want to let it be known when we talk about age, Saban rarely misses when it comes to defensive dudes, especially at that specific position. I will concede that. And honestly, I'm, I was thinking about this. It's kind of ironic for me to sit here and like, yeah, like did you just turn 21? Stop. But like, my point is that like, I'm I, like, I, I'm, I'm very cocky, but like, I would consider myself kind of under this description of like being younger than most people to work and do the things that I've accomplished. So like for me to poo poo a guy that's way ahead of his time and ahead of his career schedule, and I'm kind of doing the same thing. It's kind of ironic in my opinion, but uh, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll Let say me, that much. Last part. And I was trying to get to this before we get went on the Utah tangent. They have Utah. I think that that's a loss. They play McNeese State. I think that's a win. Tennessee, I think that's a loss. Charlotte, I think that that's a win. Kentucky, I think that they win. Vanderbilt? Let's say win. Let's let's be conservative. Let's say win. Here's where it starts getting bad, Joe. You ready? South Carolina, I think that they're out. South Carolina, I think that they're going to lose. Ah. at Georgia, I think that they're going to lose. What? What? Georgia's a loss. I was. Well, I think South Carolina. I thought you're talking about South Carolina. I mean, I, th- I think South Carolina is so depleted. So, like that one, I need to see how South Carolina starts the season before I can actually. Here's answer all that I one. need to know. Here's all I need to know about South Carolina. I, they have the better. They have the better talent right now. Yes. I think that they have the better coach and they, they have the better talent. I'm giving them a win. Okay. Just to okay. go through this really quickly. Got it. It's Got five it. losses when you get to Georgia. Buddy, then you go to Arkansas. Our Arkansas comes to you. Are you sure that KJ Jefferson and that team is not going to come in there and beat them? Let's just say, for argument's sake, 
they win that one. So you stay just for argument's sake, they they win it. You gonna go to Death Valley against LSU and win? Buddy, no. now that you're at now you're at six. Then you got Florida State on November the 25th. I think that they're going five and seven. Absolutely. If he Absolutely. goes five and seven, buddy, not not only is Billy Napier probably out, their AD has had multiple times that uh, Strickland has had multiple times to hire a good head coach and has failed. I think he gets fired. I think that they got a clean house. Do I, I do really. You think that they could go five and seven after looking at his schedule? Yeah, and I think that we have a lot of these hot seat debates and I, I think at some point we'll probably do like a here's our top three hot seat guys I think we should do an episode like that during the offseason because I know you're number one and then I know I, I know your top three who's my number one Jimbo oh yeah yeah oh, we text about that and I, I I have no faith in Jimbo but Jimbo's your number one I think Billy deserves way, to be they, in this conversation they let all the guys that you that you mentioned in that text which we'll get to just very quick side note I know that all those guys are gone. Did yes. you know that they became the number one pass defense after those dudes left? Wait, how so? Denver Harris was not on the team uh, midway through the season. From midway through the season, they were the number one and number number one in pass defense and rush defense. Dude, I'm just telling you. Oh, I'm just telling you that defense. Because of what they did in that one recruiting class, Joe, they are something serious now. I'm just letting you know. I hope those kids stick around. That's, well, they're sticking around this year. They, well, what if they, what they don't if they have a, a little, choice? They don't have a that's choice. True. That's true. They don't they, have a choice. So I'm just letting you know, you can offensively, yes, his offense needs to be on the hot seat. Buddy, they led Brother, brother, they were almost – the reason they didn't have a better total defense than Georgia was because they played double the snaps. Think about that for a minute. It's a good point. It's a good point. I still think Jimbo's going to be on the hot seat. I don't want to take anyway, us too far down the rabbit hole. Billy Napier, Jimbo Fisher, year two. Maybe Cristobal? I don't know if I'm willing to put Cristobal on there if so he goes, quickly. If he doesn't go above 500 again? Uh, but I don't think he's going to not go above 500 though. That's, that's yeah, the thing that like, that's the thing is that I think Dino Babers is one who's like, not that sexy to bring up, but like, that's, that's one who's probably definitely going to get fired. I want Dino Babers. Oh, you know, one that I thought about, but his buyout is really bad. Even though I said that, I think that they're a team to be that I, I want to really watch on Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker's on. Oh, um, Mel Mel should be, but I don't think he will be. I think as long as they're 500 at best, Michigan what State about, doesn't what have. What about Sark? So, well, we talked about this. So, like, Sark is right. one who I would put on that list because of the the lack of consistency, and and if they don't take a step forward, at least win two more games, then he deserves to be on that hot seat. You know who's not on the hot seat? Brian Kelly, Kenny Dillingham. You just started, but he actually – the seat might be hot before he even gets there, man. He is you stepping into so? – All right. No, so I mean, I mean a little bit – I mean a little bit dramatic, but I'll let you I'll let you set in. Okay, so let's do this. Let's take a very quick break. Let's We'll be back in 50 seconds. Let's talk about BetOnline very quickly. Back in 50 seconds, we'll transition to Killing Dillingham taking over at Arizona State next. Wrong video. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! What? That drop every time, man, it gets me really... So here's probably my favorite, though. You ready? Yeah. I do, that one gets me juiced up every time. Every, every time. time. And the pro during the offseason last year when we signed Mike Jones Jr. to a NIL deal, this is my favorite. <laughs> Just throw that out there. All right. Oh, so transitioning here to Kenny Dillingham. The former offensive coordinator at Oregon, Florida State, and Auburn, 32 years old. The hometown kid, he's my age of 32. Uh, also got quarterback Jaden Rashada. We were just speaking about that with Florida. Um, it's now the head man, Arizona State. Joe, I'm just going to start off by saying this. Arizona State's an absolute dog wreck. Speaking of dog wrecks, they still don't have – the uh, uh, notice of alle- – well, they have a notice of allegation, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from the NCAA because of the Herm Edwards situation. Uh, man, uh, what's going on here? I, this feels such like a – like, why take this job if you're Dillingham? Well, Dillingham is the connections to it. As he said, he's the homegrown, homegrown kid, and I think he saw the opportunity and got excited by it. But I would hope in this negotiation that he said – Hey man, you guys got to give me a long leash here. You guys got to give me like three, four, five years to figure this thing out because it is a, a cluster F. It is an absolute dumpster fire, as you said, separate from the notice of allegation and the the way that this was left for him to take over. The roster's been decimated. A lot of people left and hopped in the transfer portal. And on top of that, like who's his prize guy that he's going to? Drew Pine. Drew Pine sucks, man. I Drew Pine's not a good quarterback, and he probably is going to get beaten out by Jane Rashada. I do give him credit for going to get Jane Rashada. But there's a couple of things that concern me, though, Blake, for this upcoming season. I don't have high expectations at all. I think Kenny Dillingham is a great coach, great offensive mind. He's done some fantastic things, great, great things at some of the stops that he had at Memphis, especially being seventh in total offense. And then, as you mentioned earlier, they were ninth in total offense this past year. But the fact that they have six in total offense, but 10th in scoring, dude, they were legit offensively. Yes. But where my concern is one of the lowest returning production grades in in all of college football and in all of power five, most importantly, power five. But here's where things get really bad. They have the 20th hardest schedule next season. The twenty. We're not even, and we're not even into the season, and that's going to get even worse. Yes, they got because I saw that, and they got Colorado as the hundred and nineteenth toughest team that in the like 
ranked in the country because of what what's going what happened with Colorado. You mean to tell me that Colorado with 44 new players from the portal and recruiting is the 119th best team in the country? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, but, so that's like a really key thing here where that grading's off of the record of their opponents, which was 90 and 64, and there's a lot of talent on all these teams that they're playing. And, Joe, 11 of those losses are from Colorado. Yes, exactly. Exactly the point is that they are stepping into a situation where no talent to work with. I kind of hope if I'm Jane Rashada where I don't have to play right away because, man, you're going to get – you are going to get thrown into the fire quick kind of like what happened with Jaden Daniels when he first was the guy at Arizona State where he got thrown right. into the fire did some nice things and then it was like oh wow he doesn't have anyone to get the football to and his 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 growth was a bit stunted because of it but the way that I look at this with everything that's going on Blake I I can't see more than three wins I don't see more than three four wins this next season two to five is is the range if I were to give it I don't I, I don't hate that and and nor am I looking for him to do much more than that. Now here's here's my thing with Dillingham. So like I remember watching the UCLA game. So he was under Malzon, he's been under Norvell. He is a he is a a a product of an and what I would call a Norvellian you know, like in the scheme that he runs, now we're about to get into some very technical stuff because I love when I watch Lyman pull. Buddy, they do this counter zone read. They did it with Bo Nix so much last year. From an X's and O's standpoint, he is a really good coach. He took what Norvell taught him in the run game, what Malzahn taught him in the run game with the jet sweeps and motions, and he put it all together. And I think that he's a really good offensive coordinator. But like you mentioned, does that translate to him being yeah. a good head coach? I don't know that. Now, here's the only thing that I worry about. I think that you're right. Now, what's crazy is, is I know that a lot of Notre Dame people thought said, thought and said that Drew Pine was a bad quarterback, okay? Be careful where you take this. Well, my only thing that I'm going to say here is look at the progress that the quarterbacks that he's had in the last three stops, the progressions that they've had. Bo Nix was a freshman when he was there in 2019 as offensive coordinator at Auburn. You saw the progression from Bo Nix that entire season, and yeah. then they would ultimately go on, and I know that Tua was hurt in 2019 and knock off Alabama at the end of the season. I, I get the whole Jordan Travis thing, and Jordan Travis was hurt, and I get COVID was one of those years, and I'm throwing that COVID season out. But Jordan Travis uh, really talked about a lot about how Kenny Dillingham really was the guy that was in there with him and helped him progress to what we saw in 2022 Jordan Travis do. He talks about how Dillingham never gave up on him. When he was hurt, he was always there for him and really pushing him. The only thing that I'm holding on a little bit of hope, Drew Pond had 23 touchdowns last year passing, okay? Just hear me out. Just hear me out. I just think that they might not be as bad of a team as some are projecting them to be. Now, do they get the six wins? I think that that might be the outright ceiling. I'm talking mm -hmm. about, like, real ceiling, 
but we've seen him with offensive players, and it's not denied. Like you can't deny this. Kenny Dillingham has really did some good, done some good things at that position and with the entire offense. Now, defensively, we have no idea what he's going to look like. I can't deny that he has not been a good coach and a good developer of quarterback talent. I just, I have watched enough of Drew Pine. And look, Drew Pine is the most deceptively bad quarterback ever because you look at his stats, his completion percentage, the touchdowns. It's like, like wow, this guy seems pretty good. Of course, uh, I'm interested in him being the quarterback of my program. But I have I, I have watched too much. Wow, well, he was better than your boy Buckner. But Buckner had one game to really prove himself. Joe, you know, he, Joe, I'm going to tell you the truth that somebody that a good friend would tell you. Buckner sucks. If Buckner, but I think Buckner is better than Drew Pine. I really think that Buckner is better than Drew Pine. Shows wins and losses. That's the only. That's the only. Buckner beat South Carolina with three picks. He also lost to Marshall. He got hurt in that game. He got hurt in that game. So he got he got hurt. He he had them. He literally let them the thundering herd stampede on his VJJ. No, actually, wait. Let's. Let's be clear here. Tommy Rees lost to Marshall. Tommy Rees lost to Marshall in that game. That was a Remember Tommy Rees the, problem. Hold on, hold on. Remember when the guy from Marshall scored the touchdown? <laughs> that, dude, that is the most pissed off I've ever been watching a game. That Because the, just the, the sheer disrespect, I have never been so mad. And you know what? I got a little clown because I hopped immediately on my channel and I was like, fire Marcus Freeman, fire Marcus Freeman. I had a couple of drinks in me after watching the Texas Alabama game after the whole tattoo thing. Oh on. yeah, tattoo and scan it, though. Th- that still remains one of the highest viewed videos on my channel. I got like seven thousand views off of that video of saying "fire Marcus Freeman." It's one of my best yeah. rants, by the way. But still, pissed me off to no end. I don't think Drew Pine's very good though. I don't think I don't have any faith. I think this inevitably. Neither was Bo Nix, bud. Neither was Bo Nix. No, no, because there's tools with Bo Nix as as an athlete and a I, guy who I'm with you. you're right. Like you're we right. saw the tools early on, and he was a highly recruited kid. Drew Pine like was w- recruited way too early, and then he didn't grow anymore, and his physical tools were stunted. He's got no redeeming qualities as a physical athlete that I think that that Kenny Dillingham can tap into. There's nothing on the table. I really think that Rashada will be the starting quarterback by at least game three if he's not the game one starter. Hot take. They're going to beat somebody in the top 25 they're not supposed to. You know how I know that? Because the the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself Yes, so many times. Watch him beat Oregon. Watch him beat a USC by, on accident. Watch him do something that he's not supposed to do. Well, my, my pitch was going to be that he beats, like, Washington State ends up being ranked really highly, and then everyone's like, whoa, Washington oh, State okay lost. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think I'm that, okay that's what's going to happen. Right. But I, just I don't know about that. USD or, or Oregon. Those are the only – they, they, they cannibalize them, themselves. Like, yeah, and, and, well, you know who loses the teams they shouldn't they shouldn't all the time? Oregon. Now, I think – I'm going to be honest – I Oregon's actually my sleeper team to get into the the, the playoff, but never but nevertheless, like could he beat a Washington? I don't know. I you're a big Mike, Michael Penis Jr. fan. Don't call him ever. Don't say penis. <laughs> I am. Of- I'm Michael Penix Jr. Homer. Yeah. Can I tell you something? 
I went yeah. up to bet online when they dropped their Hosman odds. I put five dollars on the win Hosman. What were the odds on that? I probably like plus six thousand or something crazy Can like that. Can you put odds on Rashada? Is that a, is that yeah, a possibility? So you know what? You know what? I'm since we're speaking of Arizona State and Kenny Dillingham, Joe. What's going to happen if if Jaden Rashada goes out here at Arizona State and absolutely sucks, knowing that everything that was going around him about thirteen million, that kid is going to get oh, so oh he's going to get pulled apart. Which is why I think that if you're Rashada, you should kind of want to wait to play, like just ease into it. I would stay under the radar. I would fake an injury. I swear to God, I might fake an injury. <laughs> but the flip side of this, you know what this kind of feels like, though, Rashada? I, I don't think he stays long term. I think if he shows out, shows some nice things, he's he's gone. He's, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, Dude, like, a, you know what's so wild about that? That just screams to me that you're nothing but a money hungry kid. I think a lot of quarterbacks are i think a lot of quarterbacks no, there's are. a lot of dudes that stick around but not a lot of them are Frank going to mid to your program May says hello i i would i would hope drake may got some money you know there's you know he also just hates phil longo allegedly that's that's part of the reason why he stayed <laughs> that's what the theory is yeah then you should have never committed well, it could be one of those things where, I mean, like, I, I don't know about you. And when you played in college, I showed up and there were some coaches who were like, wow, this is great. And then you're just like, wow, that coach is kind of a, a an asshat. Like, I don't really like this guy. Yeah, I hated my offensive coordinator. I thought I thought I had the worst offensive coordinator in the country. But here's the thing. I knew what I was getting myself into with him because I knew he was an asshole when I committed and signed. That's true. Okay, so spare me. Oh, I hate Phil Longo. Bitch, you threw 40 touchdowns. Well, I, I bet – I bet Drake May would argue that the 40 touchdowns were his doing and not Phil Longo's. Oh, so the touchdowns are are his. Who were the interceptions for? Phil Longo's. Yeah, uh-huh. Who was the interception that against – what was the team that upset him late in the year? Was it like Virginia Tech or something crazy like Wake, that? Wake Forest? It might have been Wake. But remember, they like he Drake May threw a pick there at the, at the fourth quarter on that little, little wheel route, and they got yeah. that epic viral video of Phil Longo jumping up and down saying, don't throw it. Yeah, that's his, that's his fault. <laughs> that's exactly my point, though, is that – I don't know. Maybe it might be a little more telling about Drake May, but we didn't really get the full the full story there because it's not going to get reported on. Oh, I mean, we can probably report on it now. I mean, look, Alabama was offered in mad stacks of fat cash. Let's call it what it is. I'm oh, a little he was. Bugged. Yes, he was offered. He was offered a lot of money, and I think Georgia right. was the other teams that was that was offering right. him money, and then he he denied it, and he just perfect timing to have that interview with Pete Thamel to deny it. But again, let's be honest, the guy was offered a lot of money. Yeah, he was offered a lot of money. But back to this Dillingham thing. I think it's a good offensive coordinator. I don't like the hire right now. I think um, that maybe a more experienced coach is where they should have gone. But they got so many issues in reference to what they've done with the NCAA. Now, the NCAA is going to have to come down them on, on them eventually. But see, here's here's the crazy thing, though. Come on, come down them. Come on, come on. I can't say that without saying pause you need to issue the violations that you're going to give arizona state because bro we have a lot of people that feel a lot of different ways about covid now since we're out of it so you're mad that they had recruiting visits during covid that's the violation you know like 
it's stupid, but the counter arguments like, well, we put rules in place, and if you're violating those rules, like, you what other rules put, are you, you violating? You also put rules in place for for NIL, and the federal court system told you that you're breaking the law. It's it's a barnyard ass organization that has no idea what they're doing. So I, I they're gonna do whatever they they probably won't do anything because they just it's kind of turned into like, well, we're gonna threaten some stuff and then we're not gonna do anything. That's what the NCAA is has resorted to at this point. It's it's not a governing it, it's not an entity anymore it's just kind of like an advisory group that is still getting its butt kick kicked progressively more and more by uh the the federal government it's gonna get weakened further i think that they want that too by the way i think that they're doing that to say oh well we went to the government we don't have a choice we got to do this i think that they're all in on it all right good show great show i kind of just want to end it with this though okay you ready can we just since we talk Florida tonight? Can we put? Can can we just put in the bed that you, this talk of Anthony Richardson going first overall is ludicrous? Blake, wait until after the combine. Oh, it is going to be realer than it's ever no, been. He's Watch him test. Joe, no, no, no. I'm no, talking about the athletic no, numbers. No, no, Joe. He's throwing on air, not the air stuff. Well, first of all, he's going to have a throw that's going to be silly. That's like eighty yards. But, like but you know, who had a throw that was silly last draft? Malik. Like, well, yeah, but here's my point, though. He's going to run a crazy forty time. He's going to jump out. The Do gym. you think he His, runs? Do you think he runs? He should. And I think that I don't that think would be, he runs. Or that would be, I. I would think it would be really bad advising by his team and his his uh, his training staff to say don't run because no, if Mar he runs, like run. a, if he, but Kyler did shoot ran. They should, but uh, Kyler didn't need to do anything. But Anthony Richardson has a lot of money to gain if he goes out and he runs a four five or even faster than that. No, he's got to run faster than that. He's got to run in the four four. Joe, he's got. If he runs a four four, he's the first overall pick. That is enough to. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, trust me. There, there is no. Well, first off, who's got the first pick? Texans. The Bears do, but if somebody somebody needs to just be in absolute awe and then get fall in love and be like, I can't, I can't lose this. Oh, kid. y'all! I'm telling you, y'all, y'all are okay. I'm telling you, hit the hype right. after the after the combine, unless he doesn't do any testing, is going to be at a so historic y'all are so, level. Y'all are so dumb for taking him with the number one. I, I don't think he should be. I think he deserves to be a top ten pick. But oh after the combine, God. the hype is going to be high. But why are why is Will Levis a top ten pick who's twenty four you know and developmental? Let me, let me tell you why because you don't watch why? football the way that I do. Those interceptions are not created equal. But but Blake, hold here's on, the hold on. Those interceptions are created equal. You know why? Did you see the? Did you see? I, I forget who put passes. it. Yeah, Joe, uh, uh, the, the fifteen interceptions, nine of them hit receivers in the hands. One of them. Actually, two of them hit off a receiver's helmet and boinked off in the air. Like, I'm not making the decision because he had the interceptions. I'm making the decision because I watched the guy on tape, and I'm like, there's a lot of throws that go incomplete. And I'm just thinking. Anthony Richardson then. Dude, but the my point here is that if we get excited over traits and we get excited about, like, if this guy puts it together, you know, he's, he's going to be really good. Oz, you and your little JJ gets Yes. Wet. Yes, he does. He absolutely does. That's you true. My poor. My point is that if if we're getting excited over Will Levis for the same stuff and he's 24, I am going to rank the 21-year-old who gets me just as excited ahead of him. 
He's got more room to grow. He's played less games of football. He's been around on this earth for three less years. He has more improving to do. I absolutely take him in the top 10, and I absolutely take him over Will Levis. Can I show you something very quickly? I'm not going to like it, but go for it. Yeah, you're not going to like it because it's going to make you look like a Rudy Poo. Hold on. I don't care about interception stats. I don't care about the interception numbers. I don't care about I don't care about the interception stats either. I care okay. about the traits. Joe, he went nine of twenty-seven. He threw three touchdowns. And how many rushing yards did he have? Forty-one. Oh, that's not that many, actually. I, I want to watch that game. I want to watch that game. How well, many of those were sacks? You're going to have to sit here and justify to me. And then look at Jordan Travis, 13 of 30. You're saying that the number one overall picks last game, last game that he – hold on. The last game that he played, he went 9 of 27. Oh, and he had three touchdowns. I don't give a fuck if he had 77 touchdowns or had nine completions and nine touchdowns. The motherfucker went 9 of 27, and you're saying, Mr. Blake, talk about the traits. But I can find these games for Will Levis. So why is Will Levis in the conversation for first overall? Look, look at his Georgia you stats. You never heard me say Will Levis number one overall. Because he never deserved to be in the conversation. And neither does Anthony Richardson. But he's 21. He's young. There is so much. Fine fucks if he's 25. I don't give a damn what his age is. Joe, he can't throw. He's inaccurate. He, if he, any other, let, me, yep. let me throw this at you. Okay. What, if I came, what if I came to you? What if I came to you and had a blind resume on the next show and said, pick one, and you just had to pick one? And I said, listen, they had the same amount of explosiveness. They probably run the same 40 time and have a lot of the same things and traits on the ground. You, would, you wouldn't even know who both of those quarterbacks were. And one of the quarterbacks would be more accurate, have more touchdown passes, less interceptions. And one of them's Will Levis? No, one of them's Jane Daniels. And I know for an absolute fact, because I've done oh, this before, you okay. wouldn't take Jane Daniels with the number overall pick. No, okay. never. Never. Well, Joe, here's the stat for the your traits ass. are different. Hold on. Hold on. He had less attempts. He had more rushing yards. He had more touchdowns on the ground. He had more passing yards. He had more passing attempts. He had more passing touchdowns. And one guy went to the SC West or won the SC West and went to the SC championship game. And you're going to sit here and talk to me about traits. The only trait that I like, you know what it is? Winning. One guy had a better offensive line, a better offensive coordinator, a better quarterback coach, a better head coach, better receivers, better but we're running talking backs. about the number one overall pick. We just spent the whole show talking about how Anthony Richardson had nothing. He was the only thing going for them. Oh, am I going to have to do this again? Am I am I literally going to have to he do this? He was everything. Again? They tr they relied on him no, too Joe, heavily. No, Joe. He hold was on. set up for failure. Hold on. Hold on. Let me do this one more time. There's a lot of guys that are going nine for 27. There's Joe, a lot of guys going nine for 27 Joe, with no one to throw Joe, the ball to. Joe, you're going to sit here and tell me that he had nothing when he had one running back run for 17 carries, 129 yards, and another running back have 17 carries. And but that wasn't, yards. that wasn't consistent. That wasn't consistent. Okay. Do you want me to pull up another game? Because they did it all year long. What was Travis or Trevor Etienne's final rushing total? Because I know he wasn't. I don't, I don't remember that off the top of my head. But Joe, let me just tell you something. They ran the football at a high clip, a very high clip. 
a lot of that was because they wait, had Anthony wait, Richardson to set this, that up. Let me ask you this question. You do an NFL draft show, correct? Yes, I do. Where's where is Osiris Torrance going? Uh top of the second round, middle of the second round. But outside of that, what other offensive linemen are you didn't have anybody like that. You saying who somebody had the better O line says a who? better cohesive offensive line unit. I think wait, we can wait, agree wait, that three starting freshmen. I think that the, uh, said, three starting freshmen, but they were still a better the way that they played against Alabama. They didn't look like freshmen. I think oh, we can so agree. That's they were the only they, game you watch was Alabama. No, but my point is, is that they were a cohesive unit compared to Florida. I didn't feel uh, like I got that. I watched, I watched all season long, Anthony Richardson trying to do too much. It, it, it reminds me of Josh Allen having to do everything at oh Wyoming because he had nothing God. going for him. He had no Stop. help. Stop. That's not an unrealistic comp. That's not an unrealistic comp. Oh my Christ. Josh Allen threw for 55% in his final year and he was drafted. He's the best quarterback in that class. Wyoming had 60 something drops that season. Why yeah. did he throw for 55% completion percentage? Because his receivers had 60 drops. They were a bunch of walk-ons. Yeah, I don't That's disagree my with points. that. You would, so, it, uh, by the way, and Mel Kuyper talked about this when he got drafted. If they would have ca caught half of them, Joe, he would have been at 64% completion percentage. I st I still think that that there is there are things that you can pull from with with Josh Allen. I think that there absolutely are. We could probably sit here and yell about this for the next hour. <laughs> I'm not doing it. My blood pressure is too high. Right. <laughs> Yo, great show, brother. You too. Great Anthony show. Richards stinks.